Welcome to Caritas Christi, a real and raw podcast with real women and real faith, where we apply the feminine genius to look at the current events of this world, our faith lives, and other things that are relevant to young Catholic women today. Thank you for joining us. Happy Thursday. All right. Hi, guys. We're back with another episode. Oh, sorry. I was just... Okay. Hi, <laughs> It's wonderful. We've got a lot of great stuff to talk about today, but um, instead of the Hail Mary today, I'm going to introduce some scripture, and then Mary's going to give us a inspirational quote. So we're going to pray with scripture today. In the name of the Father and Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. This is Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19. I call at heaven and earth to witness against you today that I've set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And then the inspirational quote comes from um, Mother Teresa. She has a lot of wonderful ones, but this one says, There be too many children. That is like saying there are too many flowers. I love that. <laughs> I know, right? There's never enough. Yeah. Also, full disclosure, I was a little confused because we're actually on Zoom right now. So uh, <laughs> I was like, wait, we, we're started? Woo. Anyways, <laughs> it does do that once in a while. So, <laughs> um, but anyway, so I guess um, Hannah, I mean, I wonder if they can – if people listening can gather what our topic is on. I know. Yeah. It might be something that's super, super relevant right now, but this is uh, another pro-life episode, but it's just me and Mary this time. And um, we're going to be talking about a bunch of things, but what we're basically going to do is we're going to talk about our stories with the pro-life movement. Uh, We're going to talk about how we found out about Roe being overturned. And uh, we're also going to give some resources and apologetics to people in the uh, post-Roe age of America, which is, <laughs> I, I still can't believe that I'm saying that right now. Um, it, it doesn't feel real in some ways. It's pretty crazy. Um, but yeah. Mary, you are welcome to start with your story and connection to the pro-life movement. Yeah, and I will just say too, I feel like for so many people, it's like, one, you get so used to working in the pro-life cause, or it's just kind mm-hmm. of you're like, oh, is Raw ever going to be overturned? So, yeah, <laughs> you're like, you know, things are just getting worse in our culture, and it's like, are we ever gonna, are our efforts ever gonna count? And I mean, yeah. as long as it's God's will, they will count, but you know, it's nice to have a win like this for sure. Um, so how did I get in the pro life movement? Um, honestly, from a very early age, um, I mean, I actually remember even before I, my mom, so my mom when we were about seventh, eighth grade, started taking us to the abortion facilities to pray. Mm-hmm. At first, I was like, it is so hot. This is uncomfortable. And I have to pray. What? Yes. <laughs> like, I, as a kid, you're just like, well, this is boring. And this is very uncomfortable. And we're holding signs and like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but um, kind of like a little before then, um, I remember hearing my mom use that word, and I was like, what's that word? And she's like, well, I'll tell you what it is when you're older, because I, I probably was still a little young to hear that, and then, or to know what it meant. And then when I did get older, I think this is like fourth or 
freshman and sixth grade. It was actually one of the election years, if I remember. Because mm-hmm. once I found out what abortion was, I'd always been very much, like, oriented towards fighting for justice and things that are just. Yeah. Um, it's like, oh, well, that seems obvious. Like, that, you need to fight against abortion. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember getting almost into some debates with my classmates because they're like, you know, and we're like fourth, fifth, sixth grade. They're like, well, you don't want to be a one-issue voter and stuff like that. But Yeah. Yeah, which then I quickly found out that I'm not one for apologetics, and I realized that I just need to better to go underneath the radar because I didn't have really good. I didn't have all my talking points then, so mm-hmm. um, and that's just not my personality, anyways. But anyways, and then um, I have to keep on saying anyways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. So then, in high school, I was involved in the pro-life. Uh, youth group and we took multiple you know we went to dc multiple times for the march for life and that was really really um one it was cool to be a part of and then the kids that were there were mm-hmm. just really down to earth and they really became like a lot of like solid awesome friends um and then as i got older into my 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 high school years i realized um i didn't necessarily feel called to be involved in the pro-life group but i realized like you don't have to be like in a pro-life group to be pro-life like you can just you know yeah you know promote the culture of life in general um and then i would just say i mean it's just always something that you get i think you can sometimes be like oh yeah i need to fight for for the cause and then you're like wait this is all about killing children when it hits you you're like oh like this really needs to be fought against and it's crazy that it's even a thing um so i don't know i think in terms of like how i'm how i'm involved right now i mean there's as and flows in terms of going to front of the abortion facilities and whatnot and I, i don't know i think from there it's just always been kind of a mentality of you know being intentionally involved in pro life work in the earlier years of high school from then going to feeling like more called to just Kind of building the culture of life in my daily life um and then that has kind of just influenced i think it's just something to always keep in the front of your mind and mentality and um even to the extent of um you know I, I, for a year i worked with um like the elderly and like thinking about the pregnant person and growing an understanding of that like that's always been something that's been front and center to me mm-hmm. um and then I also think, you know, so it would be nice, like, I, I know a lot of people feel called to pray in front of abortion facilities, and um, I, I always kind of, like, kick myself for not going more, but it's also, like, I mean, I I have, I, during the school year, I weekly have high school girls come over, and that's a lot of proactive work, you know, just helping to build them up, and to know their worth, so that they don't generally, so they won't necessarily get in those situations, but if wouldn't get themselves in those, those situations but if they did mm-hmm. then they would know like they would know like they would know the answers and they would hopefully have people to fall back on um so yeah um so and i think currently that's my connection with the pro-life movement and kind of my story i think there's anything else that i think if, if i think of anything else so what about you hannah okay so i i have always like my, my mom was always very involved in the pro-life movement. And I remember being like, 
I don't know. I, I probably must have been like eight, nine, ten years old. And I remember praying outside of Planned Parenthood. And there wasn't like we wouldn't we didn't really talk about like why we were just kind of there. And then we were like holding signs and uh, yeah, just kind of just kind of being there and being present. And I just I just knew we were doing I knew we were doing something right, but I wasn't sure like how how everything fit together. And then I went on my first March for Life when I was 13. Um, and then there I began to realize like how terrible the reality of abortion is, what what a tragedy it is, what like how big of a mark on the nation it is to make sure that it's legal in every state um, with, you know, sometimes even trying to strike down restrictions with every, like, and I saw too, like the counter, you know, the counter protesters and stuff like that, because I, you know, as like a little kid, you don't know what somebody flipping you off means. You don't know, you kind of, you kind of just like, you're in your own little world and you don't, really see but then i saw you know some counter protesters at the march for life with like you know signs like keep your rosaries off my ovaries and like what the heck these are what these people are like like oh my gosh okay and that was my first like brush with the opposite side a little bit and then when i was 16 ish i um we had cousins um that were adopted and that was the first time that I was really like, it made it personal for me because one of my cousins, um, their biological parents did actually consider abortion and thank God that they chose life instead. But it became very real to me when I was like, oh my gosh, this is a person that almost didn't exist. Um, this is, this is a life in, in my family. And actually, um, this cousin is going to carry on like, the family name because of this adoption. So it would be like that just, you know, the family name without that cousin, the family name would die out. Um, so it just became very significant to me. I now have um, over half of my cousins are adopted. And so because of a like a family that's really open to adoption and a culture of life, we have, you know, our family has grown exponentially because of it. And there are, I now have cousins that I wouldn't have had before if all of their biological parents had just been like, oh, I don't want to deal with this and got an abortion. Um, or some somebody had not convinced them to choose life. So yeah, it's it's very it's very deeply personal for me. I um have been to I think four or five marches for life. So and then I, when I was in college, especially, I would stand outside the Planned Parenthood near, um, near my alma mater. And we would, we would pray for at least a couple of hours. And that was also an experience that really got me set in, in fighting for this. Uh, cause I just saw, I saw like how, how beautiful everybody else was that was supporting it. And also like, I, you know, we brushed up against the the real evil that is in people's hearts when it comes to this. Uh, we got 
you know, obviously harassed and things screamed at us, but there would be people even pulling into the parking lots to try and like engage, engage with us. Just, um, sometimes I could like feel the, the spiritual, um, just nastiness coming from them. And it was, it was kind of crazy, <laughs> especially when I'm like, you know, 20 years old, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but, uh, now I'm definitely, <laughs> on the other side of, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I just know that this is wrong. Now, um, I, when I was teaching my kids and this whole Dobbs versus Jackson case came up, we talked about it in class. We talked about what does this mean? What does overturning Roe actually mean? Why should it be overturned? Um, what, what is abortion actually? And why shouldn't it why shouldn't it, you know, technically, why shouldn't it be legal at all? Why should, um, why should people not get it? Um, we talked to, we even talked very frankly about the racist origins of Planned Parenthood and everything like that. Um, so now I'm just kind of trying to educate and yeah, bring up the next generation to, to realize what a crime this is and help them navigate the post- real world so that's pretty much me <laughs> yeah. yeah i like that and hannah i'm glad you reminded me i have a lot of cousins on both sides of my family and a lot of my parents friends adopted kids too so mm-hmm. i know that's something that i eventually like for my own family too because i have thought about that because my one of my cousins has two kids now and it's just like those two kids wouldn't exist if it wasn't for adoption you know so um just yeah it, it definitely and I mean I I don't know like I'm in, with your family like you know I know some of my cousins that have been adopted have struggled like there are struggles with being adopted but I think so it's like completely aware of that but it's I don't know I, I was just saying about it before like you know I think with adoption it's kind of like hey if we're gonna be pro-life we got to put our money where our mouth is <laughs> yeah right you know mm-hmm. so Um, so Hannah, I think you should go first and share about how you found out about Roe because people will understand why because then I can share how I found out. Yes. Oh yeah. So I found out, I think just, I think I'm pretty sure it's just something just popped up on my phone and, uh, I like, I screamed. (laughs) Um, I saw it popped up and was like, oh my gosh. And I went and I made sure like, oh my, is this real? Because there had been a false alarm. Um, I don't know, like at least four or five weeks before. And I was like, oh my gosh, is it, is that real? And I went and it, you know, everything's exploding. It's real. And I screamed and I scared Theo. Theo thought something was wrong. (laughs) I was like, no baby, it's okay. It's okay. And then I ran, um, I ran over to my family's house and I told my parents and my siblings and my siblings while my mom was home. And then a couple of my siblings were home. And then I ran back upstairs and then I started calling people. <laughs> so how did you find out, Mary? Yeah, well, so kind of funny how your story ends there. So I was at work, I think it was on, so this would have been on a Friday. The yes. Sacred, the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And mm-hmm. I was, you know, cleaning in the kitchen and all of a sudden it's like, I think 
I'm in my bed at like 10 o'clock in the morning. I get a call yeah. from Hispanic. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, I picked it up because I don't, I generally try and be careful what I pick up when I'm cleaning, but she normally doesn't just, Hannah doesn't normally just randomly call me. So I was like, all right. And I'm like, hi, Hannah, what's up? Because <laughs> I thought maybe something was wrong with her. And she was mm-hmm. like, guess what? Roe got overturned. And I was like, <laughs> So that was pretty much, yeah, it was, uh, and then actually it's funny because then after that I got like multiple texts from other people about Roe being overturned. I'm like, well, that's good because most of my friends know I don't really pay attention to the news. So <laughs> one, it's proof that you don't need to know, be, be on the news to get the news. But two, I'm grateful I have friends that make sure I know the important things. So It's true. Like Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I definitely think when I found out, I was just like, is this real? Yeah. <laughs> Just, but then also, I mean, it was also on the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus, so I was like, well, pretty poignant message there. <laughs> so. Yeah, I remember I was in the car with my dad the night before, and I was like, well, you know, I have a feeling maybe maybe they'll they'll overturn it on this Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Like, Really? Yeah, I said that to him. Of course you would say that. <laughs> and then, um, then he texted the next like you know the next morning is that the rest of us were finding out he was like hannah was right and i was like yeah (laughs) it's like i predicted something again (laughs) yeah you tend to do that i do yeah very very Um, prophetic it's it's definitely um yeah it it feels and it was good because then i was trying to like just kind of get because I remember even asking Hannah, because I've been kind of paying attention to the Dobbs v. Jackson case, but I was like, mm-hmm. what does this really mean? Because, you know, yeah. like, I feel like the pro-choice side is like, oh, like, we can't have abortion anymore. And it's like, well, actually, if you're actually in the right state, you're... Yeah. Um, so, right. Yeah, so it's um, like, wait. So I, um, I'll just share a little bit more of, like, kind of, like, my reaction, but... um. Mm-hmm. I was listening to, um, actually, like, I, I immediately, like, pulled out people that I respect, and that was, like, Matt Fried and Cameron Fried, and it was so good, because they were, like, praise the Lord, but then just, like, how we need to, like, continue the fight, but then also, um, uh, um, we need to realize that, like, there are a lot of women out there who have had abortion, and we need to really pray for their healing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think it was just one like, oh, is this real? And two, what does this mean? And it was good to have like good grounding kind of reflections on like there's still a lot of work and it's good to, but it's good to rejoice. But also we need to be mindful of people. So, um, and then I think there's one more thing. Oh, and then kind of like another like reaction that of someone I, I I like I shared it with I was like hey guess what this happened and then they were like oh well you know like you know like I think the children are allowed to rejoice in this but as adults like we need to just be sober-minded about this because you know there's transgender ideology that's going into the libraries and like there's just so much more work to be done and it's like 
Whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, but like I feel like Laura wants us to rejoice when there are good things that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, and then the other kind of reaction because I was saying that like, you know, like you had mentioned that you were gonna um, this person was like, oh well, we're all a bunch of bunch of cowboys, or Americans are a bunch of cowboys, <laughs> <laughs> and that Jesus didn't bring guns to the Last Supper and stuff, and I don't know. Yeah. But, interesting because it's like these hot button issues just kind of even like good solid catholics kind of bring out different reactions and mm-hmm. how the devil really is at play in a lot of that too you know because it just kind of i was like whoa like this person wasn't rejoicing it at all it's like yes i know we need to be sober-minded but i don't know so i don't know any reactions to what i said or you want to share any of your other reactions yeah i mean my definitely my first reaction was was like overwhelming joy and then i was like crap <laughs> like um i knew i knew this because i was like wow you know i know the i know the rioting is gonna start i know like we're gonna have churches vandalized and um we've had local pro-life organizations that have been vandalized not so much churches i guess around our area but there's still been some crime and vandalization which is just uh well, i don't you were asked to you and you and you were asked to go sit in the front of church just to make sure that that nothing happened to the eucharist yeah yep yeah i was yep so you know i'm up there and i've got you know trad guys on either side of me <laughs> we're all they, just yeah wait yeah and were both of them carrying or just one of them and you were carrying um i don't think any either of them were actually carrying that time um because you should get permission from the pastor pastor if you want to start carrying but i i know that like both of them would definitely physically disable any threats to the eucharist so um and right. so would i really um you know so. yeah, like, like, i mean you're kind of a lethal uh, lethal threat to anybody <laughs> <laughs> yeah i got Not that spirit, but you also know uh, martial arts so yes i, mean, I know you've been in it a bit but Hey, you have more stuff than a lot of other people, so. Oh. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, so. I do. I wonder, I was just thinking about this, because our, our, our local, yeah, as you were saying, our local pro-life um, mm-hmm. office was, was vandalized, actually pretty badly. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, I wonder, like, with the group of these pregnancy care centers, or these, you know, all these pro-life centers and churches just to get more protection because mm-hmm. this is going to happen you know it's kind of like i mean but i don't know what they could do but i don't know I, have you heard any discussion on that of like i mean um so it kind of varies parish to parish some of them like um like for example the cathedral in downtown cleveland they already have like a full-time like security guard already there just because of where it's located. So depending on where the church is, they may already have um, armed guards or just a security guard there or a police presence there. Um, I know some other parishes have actually set up parishioners with like earpieces and stuff and or like even ushers are the ones that are kind of watching the door. They have plans for what happens if somebody disrupts mass tries to um, commit even violence during mass, those kinds of things. So it, it varies parish to parish, but a lot of them at least have 
come up with a general action plan about like who's in charge of what entrances, um, what do we do if there is if there is a threat, if there is somebody trying to disrupt mass or hurt people. So that's I think that's good because I think churches are too soft targets in general. They have been under like under secure for a while. Um, and they they should not be being attacked like this, but if this is what makes us beef up our church security, then I guess yeah. it's probably a good thing. I mean, I've thought about how our churches, I mean, especially in the back, it's literally all glass doors. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So, I've thought about not it, too. Like, not, not, I mean, at least the church itself is pretty solid and everything, but mm-hmm. um, and I feel like there's a lot of people in there that would... Uh, you know, would fight back. But also, so I, I said, you know, I said churches, but also, like, I'm thinking about, like, our local pro-life office and, mm-hmm. and all the other pregnancy care centers that are getting attacked and vandalized. Like, like are people doing something to protect these offices and these centers, or, like, there anything that we could do, or? Um, you know, that's a good question. So I don't, I don't know. Um, it's probably going to come from, you know, I think maybe their best bet since a lot of these organizations are nonprofit, they might not have the funds to pay security guards or something like that um the best thing maybe is more of like a deterrent type situation where it's like they have to at least have security cameras and stuff so that if something like this happens they can find who did it and prosecute them to the fullest fullest extent of the law because you don't want people thinking they can go around and spray paint and throw rocks through windows just because they're they're mad about something. Like, what are we three? Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, with like pro life, you know, most of these offices being nonprofit and not having great budgets. Mm-hmm. I think regardless, though, I think like we have to realize that you know a lot of the fight is in like in the courts and whatnot, but a lot of the fight is here, and it's like. I mean, if we're pro-life, then we should at least pro- protect the people that are actually doing the work to forward the pro-life cause. You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just thinking about that. I'm like, do these, do these attacks really have to happen? Can we just protect them? Yeah. I mean, I'm, it's not like I have a gun and I'm protecting a, um, a pro-life center right now. So, I mean, you know, it's all, all talk right now. <laughs> Anyways, alrighty. So, do you want to share? Um, so, where do you want to go with this? Because now we're gonna kind of go more with the apologetics and just talking more about what what now. Yeah, sure. Um, so there was actually, I think there was a live action okay. webinar about what now, um, which probably has a lot better resources and things like that than I do. So we're definitely going to put a link to that in the show notes. But um, basically the what now is you have to, like the fight isn't over. There, there's been a huge victory, but the fight is definitely not over. Um, it's going to be state by state, bill by bill, still trying to get abortion to be unthinkable. Um, what's going to be important too is uh, making sure that you fight against chemical abortions because those 
So in some cases, they were tr they will be trying to ship these pills across state lines. So even if, say, Texas has outlawed all, all abortions, um, they could possibly ship across state lines, and then this woman could take an abortion pill at home, which is very, very dangerous, and then also kill her child in the process. So those, so there's definitely, there's petitions and emails going around where you can email your senator about um, restricting access, banning them um, to these abortion pills, which, you know, not only are abortive, but they do endanger the, the health of the woman who's taking, who's taking them. Um, a lot of them have no idea what to expect and it's not actually something you should be doing at home or at all. But <laughs> let's start with, how about, my goodness, don't take well, a pill. Consider whether they're like safe, legal and rare. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we want to ship them across state lines. No questions asked chemical abortions. Like doesn't sound very safe, legal, or rare to me, but okay. Uh, and then while you're while you're doing that too, definitely be brushing up on your pro-life apologetics. I've been trying to do this series on Instagram where I'm debunking a pro-choice lie. Um, so the first, the very first one I debunked is uh, that abortion is good for women because that is a lie that was sold to women is, oh, it's about your reproductive freedom and it's about this and it's about, uh, that's all a lie. And actually uh, abortion hurts women in a lot of ways. So you're gonna wanna check out our Instagram for that because I go through like all of the steps to monkey, like um, it covers up uh, abuse in a lot of instances. So if there's like a 13 year old and there's this like random 26 year old dude that comes in and they want an abortion. They suspect abuse. A lot of Planned Parenthoods won't even report it. They just let it go. And then let that, um, that young girl or young woman just continue to get abused by these predators. Um, women having abortions, there's lots of, there's lots of, uh, side, side effects and after effects of abortions, including, um, you can't, you might not be able to actually carry another pregnancy to term. So, you know, you quote, choose uh, not to have this one child and maybe you don't have any more. You're not actually able to have any more because you had an abortion. Um, there's lots of correlation between abortion and tons of mental health issues. Um, women are also often pressured into their abortions um, because we want, so they want to like the elites especially want to tell you like, oh, I made this choice and I made it all by myself. Um, there's studies that kind of completely debunk that and saying that most women felt pressured by somebody, especially uh, their significant other to get this abortion. So yeah, basically everything that they tell you is false. Um, the USCCB actually, what? Has great resources. So kudos to them for that. Um, so there's a educational resource. You're gonna want to look at the fact sheets. Those are really good. So they have fact sheets about Dobbs. They have fact sheets about chemical abortion. They have a fact sheet about the quote unquote Women's Health Protection Act, which is, which is bogus. 
um, fact sheets about abortions, not healthcare, fact sheet debunking everything, excuse me, about Planned Parenthood. They have questions and answers about Roe and just how it, how it was uh, created and just things about it, which is, it's useful to know, even if it's, oh my goodness, overturned. You can still be talking to people about why it was overturned, why it was such a, a bad ruling on the court's part, and how that's actually the, the right decision. So yeah, there's lots of good resources there. I definitely say um, going forward, know that the, the fight is not over. Um, and that's what we really need to remember that it is a huge victory in a lot of states that have chosen to ban or restrict abortion severely. And that's wonderful. It's going to save, you know, thousands and thousands of lives. But like we said, the, the fight isn't over and you just have to figure out how you're going to keep up with that fight. Um, another good website too. I don't know, Mary, if you've ever heard of let them live. Yeah, I have. Yeah. So that's really that's a really great website where you can actually personally donate to um mothers families who need like are need to be financially supported so that they can um like feel they feel like they're secure enough to raise raise their child so you can actually donate to campaigns and see that impact that you're making firsthand so that's a really great website uh Live action is another great website, so I can link to that as well. Um, but yeah, definitely stay informed, stay fighting, and yeah, you can celebrate, but also know that um, we have we have a long road ahead of us. So I think that would be my advice for going forward in the post row generation. Look at us. What do you think, Mary? back on in terms of I feel like there's a at least in like the debates online on in the pro-life de- like or the, the pro-choice like pro-life debate um there's a couple of well I'll just say this first about the pro-life or pro-choice choice pro, well sorry <laughs> you're good pro-choice side is that immediately I saw a lot of people that I you know like follow on Instagram and they were sharing a lot of things and it's like oh my gosh, just, like, how it's blatant lies. Like, it's really turning this, like, taking the truth and twisting it and mm-hmm. incredible, but also terrifying and just, like, wow, okay. Um, so I think I think there's a lot of, I don't know, I think people are definitely, they're just, but I think someone was saying that now that, Roe has been overturned, like, Satan is not going to like it, and you can just see it. And oh, yeah. Side. And just how people are so angry. Um, and then they're just, like, using all these, like, you know, things. It's just, like, the reactions are just, wow. Like, you have to be careful, because it's easy to want to mock them, but you're like, these people are clearly struggling. Yes. Um, but I, I wanted to, like, I'm only thinking of one that comes into mind, but, like, the they're like, oh, well, now a woman that um, 
have what is it ectopic pregnancies or yes have children that had deformities in the womb and like all that like they're gonna die or they're gonna have to be forced to carry this pregnancy to term and so Mm -hmm. there's just a bunch of misinformation out there for sure yeah yeah but did you hear there's a woman like a doctor pretty much allowed this woman to basically die because he w- he wasn't going to do anything because he wanted to like make a point. What? He wanted to make a point, I guess probably. Well, he, didn't wanna, he didn't well he didn't want to uh he didn't want to go against whatever was coming down the pike with Roe being overturned. He basically wasn't doing his job, so. Yeah. No. Because yeah. Do you have any um like just like quick responses to a lot of those Things that I think that people are just you. I never really had heard so much conversation about ectopic pregnancies until now. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay, so we actually this is funny because I talked about this with my kids. Um, oh, yeah. We asked about it, and so they were like, "Well, isn't there some? Isn't there something that like don't you need an abortion to save the life of the mother?" Um, short answer is no. Um, the longer answer, as far as in specifically an ectopic pregnancy goes, is the ectopic pregnancy is where a um, fertilized egg, so an embryo, is in um, a fallo- the fallopian tube of the uterus. It's not growing in the right place. So it's implanted there. Um, that means it's going to stay there. It's not in the right place. Now, um, there are several different kinds of procedures to treat an ectopic pregnancy and unfortunately none of them allow for the um the embryo the baby to live there is it's just not feasible so because um if the baby were to grow to a point where they could have like a premature delivery or something that would never happen because it's going to burst the fallopian tube it's going to rupture that and then there will be lots of internal bleeding and the mother will likely die as a result of that as well. So. Can they not? I've heard that they, do they not have an ability now to like, um, take the baby from the tube and put it back, put it in back and put it into the uterus? I don't, yeah, I don't think they can. As far as I know, there's not a procedure that allows the embryo to implant somewhere else. Um, and may, that could possibly change um, because now, I mean, now we have surgeries on, we have surgeries on babies that are like 18, 20 weeks yeah. and they can close the uterus back up and continue the pregnancy to, to term without having like a premature birth. So there are things like that, that we have now. Unfortunately, we don't have that for ectopic pregnancies. So in the significant difference between an ectopic pregnancy and an abortion is that um, the ectopic pregnancy follows the principle of, the, of double effect, which um, to follow the principle of double effect, which is like um, something evil, it's basically like something evil done, but it's it's not. So let me let me try to explain. So the principle of double effect the rules for this are, so the act that's done must not be evil in and of itself. So it might be something that we see as bad, but it's not inherently evil, okay? So right there, abortion already loses because abortion is inherently evil. It's inherently murder. 
you're killing another human being. Um, the, the, the unwanted effect, the bad effect must not direct, like directly result, like directly be caused by, by that bad action. So like, it's not, that's not the purpose of the action that's being taken. So based on those two principles, uh, treating an ectopic pregnancy follows the principle of double effect, which means that, okay, we want to treat this ectopic pregnancy. The only way for us to treat this ectopic pregnancy to save this life um, is, is for us to remove this portion of the fallopian tube and have the pr procedure in the embryo dies as a, as a result of that. Now that's not the purpose of the pro procedure though. The purpose is to save the life of the mother. Um, and then that, that effect is an unintended effect. Um, it's not like we want to kill that embryo, that baby in there, but there, there is nothing else to do. It's either like, well, we have to, we have to treat this. And the only way that we are able to treat this right now is this procedure. Um, and it's not an abortion because yeah, because it's an entirely different medical procedure. There are, there are several different names for it, depending on, um, probably where the embryo is implanted and perhaps what they, what they need to do to get to it. But yeah, so that's just a bunch of misinformation that's going around a ectopic pregnancy does not require an abortion and then anything else um it also does not require an abortion like some people are saying oh if you miscarry at like 18 weeks and your baby's no longer alive you can't have an abortion like that's that's not an abortion an abortion is killing well terminating an active pregnancy okay which is killing the baby but there are others there are other procedures where um, doctors will um, make sure that the uterus is clear of like a, a baby who has been miscarried and not going to be brought to term not going to be um give like given birth to alive so there are those are different procedures they're not abortions um it's just it's just another way of like flying under, under the radar for, you know, places like Planned Parenthood, like, oh, abortion is only 3% of what we do. Okay. Well then how come there are Planned Parenthoods already closing? Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of like, wait, how does this work? Mm -hmm. Um, and is there, sorry, just to interject. Um, oh, good. Is, is it true that sometimes when a, cause like abortion can be re referred to as an Right. Well, that's an involuntary abortion, right? Isn't that a technical term? Um, I think it's. I think it depends. Some, some med, some medical. I think maybe some medical communities refer to it as like, um. Miscarriages as as abortions, but that's not. That wouldn't that still wouldn't be correct because a miscarriage is something that kind of happens it's not intended um and an abortion it's fully intended and 
Pope Francis said, it's hiring a hitman to kill your child. And yes. he's absolutely right. Um, so. Yeah. Well, and I hope, because I know a lot of times we're like, well, what about an effusive rape incest and whatnot? But it's like, also, too, Planned Parenthood is so immersed with, the, yeah, as we say, like the sex traffickers and mm-hmm. abuse victims. And so it's like, hopefully, I don't know, hopefully some of this will start to be being set right, you know? Oh, definitely. And, um, yeah. And was always like, watch it when they use the, it's for the babies line, or COVID, it's like, it's for the elderly. Yep. Yeah, the guilt trip. Yeah, yeah, the emotional. Yes. Yeah, the emotional guilt trip. Yeah, because we're all so emotional these days, so. Yep. So. I think we can give the, I know, I mean, I definitely feel like we all like had a party afterwards on, on, on the Feast of the Sacred Heart, which was great, really great, because it was just like mm-hmm. a really awesome feast and then a really great celebration and just really, really, really a lot to rejoice in. So, um, but obviously, yeah. keep on doing what the Lord's calling you to do and being intentional and, you know, being mindful. And I do, I do feel like as well with, that where this is going, I'm a little interested to see because at least in my, like, I don't know what you think about this, Hannah, but, like, I think mm-hmm. in my family, like, for, uh, there's one particular side where a lot of my relatives are actually pro-choice, and it's kind of that annoying, like, there's this, like, rule that you don't talk about politics and religion with mm-hmm. your family, but they somehow are pretty blatant about their stuff in front of us, and I feel like it's going to come a day where it's just going to be, like, because, like, the facts are on our side about abortion yeah i was literally just talking and just people have just been so almost brainwashed mm-hmm. so, i don't know yeah it's I just don't know what the lord is calling us to do but it's like i feel like it's going to come to a point where it's like i'm just going to have to speak out and be like do you not know yeah not know what abortion is yeah <laughs> well and a lot of people what's that a lot of people genuinely don't know no. um no yeah and if they and if they do, then they're, you know, they're trying, they're probably, hopefully, trying to have some kind of cognitive, cognitive dissonance. Be like, well, I, you know, I want the greater good, this and that. So. And I think a lot of them, I mean, a lot of them are like, they love the poor and they are all about like caring for the environment and stuff, which is all good stuff. It's just a little wobble. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Um. All right. Well, I'm going to send you off um, with our ending inspirational quote. So keep up the good fight, and we will see you back for our special anniversary episode because we're about to hit one year of Caritas Christi. All right. We've had enough exhortations to be silent. Cry out with a thousand tongues. I see the world is rotten because of silence. We will see you all very soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Caritas Christi. If you'd like to write to us with hot takes, feedback, advice, or advice requests, we would love to hear from you. Email us at caritas.christi31 at gmail.com.
That's caritas.christy31 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next Thursday.